Hi, I'm Laura Tanzer, and um, I make sustainable clothing and accessories. And I'm launching a new business called Learn Craft Sew, which I teach the skills for crafting and sewing and all associated stuff. Well, th this is going to lead into a lots of of different, uh, excuse the pun here, but different threads of this conversation. So um, <laughs> I, I am looking looking forward to getting uh, to know more about your history. I mean, you and I have known each other for some time, but I don't think I really know how you got started. What, what was the impetus for you to get into just fashion and clothing design? Ah, well, that goes way back to when I was a little kid and my grandmother, who grew up sewing because in her generation, everybody sewed. Um, and she would make outfits for me. And they were fun. She was uh, a native New Yorker and she was very chic and she was very beautiful. And she was always creating interesting outfits for herself. And so she created interesting outfits for me. And then when I was around seven or so, she was she taught me how to sew. We were making Barbie doll clothes and we just had a great time. And, um, and so I just sort of took it forward from there and coupled that as I grew older, I coupled that with my art because I was always an artist. I, 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 I was born as an artist. I was always drawing things and creating things and making things with color. So when the, the sewing came into it, when, the crafting part of it came into it, it made everything three-dimensional. And I really like that. I like sculpting. Um, yeah. So that's sort of the, the very beginning. Right. Of, so you, you know, did you start in New York? Were you Are you from New York and moved out here? So we moved around a lot. We went out west, came back east. Ultimately, um, I decided to go and live with my grandmother and grandfather in New York. They were still there and uh, go to school there at um, the Fashion Institute of Technology. I finally, you know, around the age of 18, figured out that that was really where I needed to be. So then, you know, worked in the fashion industry for a while in the garment center. And then I went back to school at NYU to learn about business because you know, being an artist is great and learning all the technical stuff for creating clothing and accessories is great. And, um, but if you don't, if you've never learned about business, you're at a disadvantage. So I realized that. Well, how, how, and, did, you, um, how did you end up getting them from New York to, to Tucson? My advisor, who's a really great guy, said that I should get a PhD and he wanted me to get a PhD in economics he thought I had a good head for it. And I thought that would be just so boring. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I was, I had, I had minored in environmental management and I really saw that, you know, this was the early nineties and I really saw that the world was moving in that direction. And I, I just thought, no, we're, we're going to have to manage our resources. We're going to have to steward our behavior and I thought you know, I'm gonna get a PhD in natural resources so that I can learn about being more sustainable and I can learn about climate change and and, and water that's what brought me out here 
and um, and and my advisor understood it. He he wasn't happy because he wanted me to continue at NYU, but I was like, no, I gotta I gotta go out west where, you know, they've had water wars and you know they have all this great history, and I wanted also personally, I wanted to be warm and dry. <laughs> I, I was. I wanted to have sunshine, you know, 360 days a year. I was just, I was so tired of the gray and the dreary and the, the, the damp cold of the Northeast. Even though I'd lived, you know, most of my life there, I just, I, I, I was done. I was just done. So I applied out here. Well, so, uh, well we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're glad that you made it to Tucson. That's for sure. And that's where sort of all three of these disciplines uh, collided because you've got your yep. your fashion industry, your your business acumen, and your uh, your sustainable mission, and that that yep. really has been what's permeated your your um, your your business. How, how does what is your your tagline? You know, sustainable, wearable. Um, I don't know if that's your tagline, but but your but your um, uh, your intent there, sustainable and wearable. What does that mean when it comes to clothing? It means that from A to Z, I am trying to be as sustainable as I can. So, so it starts with thinking about what my collections are going to be like. From my sourcing, what kind of fabrics I'm going to store. So I only source natural fibers um, because they're sustainable. Why are they sustainable and man-made fibers are not? Because natural fibers are natural substances. And so they w- will eventually break down and return to the environment as, you know, food for something. Um, man-made fibers are basically extruded from um, polymers and, you know, basically petroleum-based. Um, and they have, you know, like half-lives of like, you know, 500,000 years. So um, they don't really break down so readily and they contribute as well the processes to make them and to treat them and to finish them are m- much more toxic and use up more of our resources. So I stick with natural fibers for my sourcing um, and I use everything. So my manufacturing, if you can call it that, because it's really small batch. Um, I, you know, once I've cut my fabrics and I put things into production, I'm very careful about what happens with the leftovers. Um, some people call it scrap and they throw it away. I call it remnants and I stockpile it and I sort it and I have, you know, piles of, you know, black and red and, you know, this texture and that fiber. And so I have these bins that are all marked, you know, with the different remnants. And I use those remnants to create a very arty collection that I call frammento, which is an Italian word. And it just means remnant. And the plural is frammenti, which is the plural remnant. It just sounds so much sexier in Italian. <laughs> so um, that's my my collection where I literally I'm going back to being an artist completely and I'm sculpting. I'm just taking those remnants. I'm not cutting them. I'm not altering them. I am using them as they are to create these one of a kind, really cool wearable art and completely sustainable garments. Not that my other garments are not completely sustainable, but these are the already ones, you know, these mm-hmm. are the ones that are, you know, um, what is it? Somebody walks into the room and everybody turns to look because it's this wearable art. 
So I do that. Um, so my waste stream is pretty minimal. Um, the remnants that I can't use that are too small, I, I just keep adding them to like, you know, a Trader Joe's bag until it's completely packed. And then I donate it to local schools for their art program. So my waste stream is like almost it's really, you know, it takes me a month to fill up uh, like a, a little bin, you know, or the size of a plastic bag from a grocery store. It takes me about a month to fill one of those with like, you know, assorted threads and, wow. you know, and stuff like that. That's, that's it. I'm, I'm A to Z. I mean, I am, I am really focused on being as sustainable as I possibly can using things, reusing things, um, yeah, that's, and all that's of, my focus. All of this happens then, your manufacturing, your design, your your creations, your vision, all of this sort of happens out of your downtown Tucson location, right? That's the one spot that you have? Yep. Yeah, so you're you're at the old, um, uh, the historic uh, depot. And if I remember correctly, I am. your store is actually where the, the ticket office used to be back in the day. Um, yeah, the ticket office either the ticket office or the just the open area where people sat in pews and waited. Okay. So they would, yeah. they would sit there and wait and then they would board the train out the, what is now the back of your, mm-hmm. of your shop. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what, what led you to, to want to be downtown? That's an interesting location for a, for a fashion designer. Um, I had, um, some friends who were at the other end of uh, Tool uh, Avenue near Stone in the old warehouses. And that's where I started, actually. I started in um, uh, an actual a closet, a 10 by 10 closet. There was a door and a light bulb hanging from the ceiling and no window. And I made them cut a hole in the wall to put a window in because there was no light. But I was in that warehouse at the end of, at the other end of Tool Avenue when I started. And I was there because there were photographers and models doing stuff in the big open space. And there were artists in other closets. Basically we were like, you know, the Arizona equivalent of the artist in the attic. And, um, and so there was a lot of energy, a lot of really creative energy and cool stuff happening. And I just thought, well, let me be a part of that. And it was really cheap in the warehouse. Cause you know, there's no heating, there's no cooling places crumbling, you know, you just like, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. We were all just like, creating stuff with each other and it was a lot of fun and um and then my business started growing and I realized that I needed a more space and my clientele weren't so comfortable some of them were but some of the tonier ones weren't so comfortable coming to this you know warehouse and you know changing in the bathroom across the hall kind of thing I understood so I realized I needed yeah um so then I found this place and um and it has really nice light. I have light where I didn't have that before. I had a light bulb. <laughs> um, so, and I like this building. And you have lots it's, of windows in your spot now. Yeah, I have lots of windows. I like the building. I like, I'm still downtown. And things, you know, things have changed. The energy has changed over time. And then this past year, it's changed a lot. Yeah. Um, we are in the middle of our interview with Laura Tanzer fashionista and sustainable warrior trying to save our world one clothing design at a time we'll be back to the rest of this interview in just a moment but first i want to remind you 
that you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. And we are back with the second half of our interview with Laura Tanzer. Your business has grown quite a bit, and I know, um, you know, pre-COVID, you you were traveling New York, L.A., um, I mean, you did shows, you had international shows, so it's not like you were just sort of sitting downtown waiting for people to come to you. You were, you were out and about uh, selling uh, across the country. I was, yeah. And then on, you know, March 12th, everything just stopped. Uh, well, that's, you know, everybody we're talking to, that's the phrase, right? They had, yeah. to, they had to pivot. They have a new normal. They had to reimagine their their business plan. And, and that's kind of what you're doing right now. You're, you're about to launch that. Mm-hmm. You talked about the opening, Learn, Craft, Sew. That's that's kind of a, a pivot, but it's it's also carrying forward that, that sustainable mission that you have. Can you tell us a little bit about this project? Yes. Um, it came about because of the pandemic, you know, we all had to just sort of stop and reconsider who we are, who we are and what we're doing. And, you know, some of us were on certain trajectories and, you know, maybe those were sustainable and maybe not. And, um, and I, I started out just sort of sitting back for a couple of weeks in back in March. And I thought, well, what am I going to do? And then I realized, Oh, I need to make a mask. Oh, maybe my friends need some masks. And I started making masks for people. And I put a little, a little thing on Facebook just to my friends saying, Hey, I'm going to make a few masks. And you know, does anybody need one? And all of a sudden, before I know it, I've got orders for like, you know, 300 masks. I ended up making almost 700 masks total. And, uh, and I realized there was this, this need. And then I, you know, and I reached out and I said, listen, I can't make all of these by myself. I need some help. Can anybody come and help? And all of a sudden people just came out and said, yeah, you know, I can do this and I can do that. And some people said, I don't know what I can help you with, but you point me in the right direction and I'll do it. And I was like, wow, community, you know, it's so much about community. And I thought, this is, you know, this is perfect. This is just perfect. And and again, energy, it's people's energy. It's the communal experience that I love being part of. And um, so I made a whole bunch of masks and, um, and every once in a while I'll still see somebody out there wearing a mask, which is great. Um, And then from there, I just thought, wow, this is, you know, what can I do next? And uh, several of those people asked if I would teach them sewing skills or some pattern making skills. And I thought, okay, well, let's give this a try. And I've always taught, I mean, I taught at the university. I taught sustainable business practice at the university for almost 11 years. And, and I've been teaching textiles and I've been teaching social responsibility at the university for the last few years. And, and I thought, well, why not do some one-on-one? So I took on three or four private clients and have been teaching them a variety of skills and everything evolves. And I'm, you know, an opportunist in, in the way that I just say, Hey, you know, here's a new way of being part of a community, contributing to community, helping people learn some skills and, and, you know, just feeling like, um, I can, I can contribute something positive to the community, not just make, you know, beautiful art, but, but contribute to, you know, better understanding of whatever. 
so um, then I started thinking, well, how am I going to, you know, maybe make this a little bit more steady than just, you know, three or four people? And how can I deal with other people who want to do it, but we're all in a pandemic and can I do it online? And, you know, you just, you start thinking about all of those different things. And, and in the meantime, you know, I was transitioning away from making your basic mask to um, looking at what people were doing with Zoom and thinking, oh, you know, people are in their PJs and, you know, some people are like, well, I don't want to get all dressed up and blah, blah, blah. But why can't I just throw something on that people are going to see, you know, on top? And I thought, oh, well, you know, I'll do that. And then other people are like, I want to learn how to do, you know, nice little hand stitches. And so I'm making kits and I'm doing, I'm creating these workshops and I'm going to run the gamut. I'm just like, I have it all mapped out, but I've got my spreadsheets where I'm got, you know, priced out what these kits are going to be. And I've got my spreadsheet saying, I'm going to have a workshop on this skill and that skill and this other skill. And I'm going to put tutorials up and they're going to be, you know, some of the tutorials are going to be, you know, uh, three tutorials long and they're going to be really simple. And some of them are going to be, you know, five tutorials long and they're going to be a little bit more advanced. And I'm, I'm setting all of that up. And, and in the meantime, <clears throat> trying to figure out the technology, you know, I have to get the right lighting and <laughs> all this stuff. And it's like, okay, it's a whole different, you know, you can't, it's not just, not just, you know, people sign on and they come into your space because they don't, you have to create this sort of, artificial space that they can just click on the button and, you know, follow what you're doing. And I have to have, you know, the right, um, have to have my camera in the right place so that people can see, you know, what I'm sewing and see my hands and see how I'm manipulating threads or how I'm manipulating a machine. And this is fantastic. It's, it's a challenge and it's fun. And um, this is all coming out of, you know, just, how the pandemic has made us stop and sit and relearn and reorient ourselves. Wow. So how, how do people find out more about you? What are some of the, I know you've got a couple different websites working now. What, what, what are some ways people can get a hold of you? Um, yeah, my original website is still going strong and that's the lauratanzerdesigns.com and that's where people can buy, you know, sustainable wearable art clothing. Um, and the new one is called Learn, Craft, Sew, and um, it's not quite live yet. I, I was planning on having it live this week, but I think it's not going to happen until the end of this month, January. Um, still fussing with putting stuff in there. And, uh, the, and I have both of those um, entities are on Facebook, and both of them are live on Instagram. On Instagram, it's just Laura Tanzer. And the other one is learn craft. So back to your original, your original business uh, of the clothing, you do a lot of your um, uh, sales still in person, just by appointment only. You're... Yes, they do, and they can call the, um, the the studio number or the store number. It's all the same place. Um, is five two zero nine eight one nine eight nine one, and I will always call back and you know talk to you and find out what your needs are and um, when we can set up, you know, either a Zoom appointment or an in-person appointment uh, wearing our mask. So, yeah. Fabulous. Well, Laura, thank you for your time. We've been speaking with Laura Tanzer, internationally known uh, designer 
of wearable and fashionable clothing and launching her new venture to teach the world how to sew. <laughs> there we go. That was Laura Tanzer, and I'm going to watch her video series because I got a pair of shorts and I got a button. And those two are not together, so I've got them sitting to the side there. And as soon as I can register for one of her classes, I'm going to learn how to get that button on those shorts. Well, my name is Tom Heath, and you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org.